JB, we built it up as a Champions League game last night. Heavyweights, yeah. two hot teams, two teams that we know that have the talent to compete for Stanley Cup. Not at every position. <laughs> and it was anything but a shellacking last night. And now we know Leaf Nation is truly buying in. Usually, stuff like songs about teams happen after a, a first or second round win. Not in Toronto. <laughs> There lived a certain man in Sweden far away. He was lean and strong, and he practiced every day. <laughs> Never feeling it. The team skipped him in the 2018 year, but GM Dubis thought the pick was crystal clear. The puck up like a madman, entering the zone with grace and poise. What a party with the Wicked deadly slapper. He'll Bony M has got nothing on this guy. <laughs> rah, rah, Rassandine, savior of the special teams. So the PK leaves Matthews alone. Oh, what is wrong with rah, us? Rah, rah, Rassandine, future we of are, defensive schemes. We're making songs. We're barely in December, JB. <laughs> this is Leaf Nation. This Shout is how, out. This is how excited. <laughs> Sammy, did you write that? Where did that come from? <laughs> that came from the Leafs fan cast on Twitter. So. <laughs> Look at Sam. Sam has no idea what to think right now. <laughs> Sam's like, oh, my God, I can't get caught up in this. There's always the chance they will break my heart again. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I love that song. <laughs> I love that song. I actually love the original. Uh, Bo I, I, Boney M's got a few bangers. I got to say, with Kipper's pace and energy, I feel like I want to go to, like, your wedding. I missed your wedding. You know, I, we Oppa! were in buds then. We, but... need, we need Oppa! dishes. We need, we need dishes. We got to break stuff. <laughs> But like I said, that, that stuff usually feels like after, after a first-round win. Yeah. But people and the Sammies of the world, they're buying in right now. It took a couple of weeks to get people to come around that like, hey, maybe they'll still be fun to watch even if you don't believe. And then a couple of weeks more to get people to kind of get back to where they were. And they might be past it now. People are, everyone I talked to, I know, Sammy, you see a little more hesitance from your friends. something like this. I have a little, I have a little bit of, hesitancy little i can tell that because you weren't oh, clapping yeah. during not, the song among, I, I didn't want to you know I, I like to at least let you introduce me before i turn on the mic and start yakking away you know i'm not exactly a host of the show but you know i have a few friends in my I, my core leaf fan friends that i have that i i talk about the leaves with there's a little hesitancy still you know Listen, this is the best team in the league right now i don't think there's any debate they're the hottest team in the league they've won 15 of 17 games but I just, people are afraid to get hurt again, burn, you know? Burn me once. They've had a lot you. of hot stretches over the past five or six seasons. Maybe not this hot, but they've looked this good in the regular they, season at times. JB, they're not leaking oil anywhere. Honestly, it's, I'm really looking forward to talking to Sheldon because I don't see anything either, Kip. Oh, yeah, we have the least coach coming up here. Yeah, that's good. Five minutes or, <laughs> five minutes or so. Sheldon Keefe coming up in, in just a few minutes, and maybe he can, he can calm the waters. Uh, but right now... By the way, this is his job, right? He's going to try to pour water on all the excitement. He's going to come in here know. and be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, know. How, I don't know how he's going to do that, but uh, we'll see. But this was also a game last night where you thought Nate McKinnon's coming in, they're getting fairly healthy, and then, well, like, when? An hour, two hours before they announced that 
Darcy Kemper, their number one goalie, the guy that was signed because Grubauer left mm-hmm. to go to Seattle. He's nowhere to be found. Upper body injury was announced, and man, they they looked like a a pretty good team last night. JB with a minor league goalie. Yeah, here's a so John Vogel covers the Buffalo Sabers where Jonas Johansson was before, and he tweeted when Johansson went there. This is May March nineteenth. He says, uh, Jonas Hansen's going to Colorado, according to Kevin Weeks. I can say without hesitation that the Avs are getting the worst goalie I've seen during my 19 season covering the Sabres. He doesn't stop pucks in practices or games. And that's what Colorado had last night. Was that, was that not Tell the Tell us issue? how you feel, really feel, Johnny. Isn't that cutthroat? You that never is. hear a beat writer really yeah. tell it like that. But, you know, that, that was just a, I mean, a different hockey game if they have a goaltender, was it not? Like you, you were actually saying that you didn't think that the score did the told the game story properly. I just, uh, I just imagine if, if one player changed positions, like Jack Campbell, if Jack was in the, that, the goalies yes, in that game, what a different, what a different feel it would have had. Yeah, that's all. When the Leafs are, they start losing their three nothing lead. It gets to three two, and Dermott scores that you know clapper 40 seconds later that's unscreened from the top of the circles that's a game changer if you're Colorado yeah. you're like the Leafs are going to be tough to beat if we're getting goaltending the, the, let alone this like have you the Tavares's goal in front of the net with the bat with that rebound have we seen one rebound like that out of Jack Campbell one yeah, very very rarely if ever <laughs> I, yeah I'm getting off the top of my head well and you mentioned Jack Campbell there fellas you know there was a stretch of the game from when the Leafs took the, the got the power play at the end of the first period and the the cookie monsters are on the ice for a full twi- a full two, two minutes, minutes. Uh, at the end of a first period where you're up three nothing already. The goal's down the other way. They score, and then from that point on, for I'd say what the first five minutes of the of the second period, maybe the first seven. They're Colorado coming. was all over Toronto, and Campbell made how many ten bellers to keep that a two goal game? They get the one, and then they go down, and like you said. That's such a backbreaking goal. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting your way back into the game. The guy who used to play in Toronto gets one. He's fist pumping. It goes down the other way. Flutter puck goes in from the blue line, and you're kind of out and of the game. Y- yeah. y- you never publicly admit it, but we've been on benches enough, JB, me and you, where it's, it's the only guy in your lineup that you truly believe whatever we do, we cannot win if... Yeah. If this is what this guy's showing up with tonight, anybody else, your number one centerman, your number one D, there is a way that 19 other guys can rally around one guy, one skater mm-hmm. who is not on his A game. But you cannot do that with your goalie. No. Well, the Leafs, you know, whether whatever you think of uh, statistics, they're the number one team in terms of creating chances. They just create. They create. They create. So if you're not getting goaltending, you just don't really have a fighting chance. And we haven't even talked about Marner and Matthews last night who were absolutely electric. If you bought tickets to that hockey game last night and you got to see those two play like that, that's, that's career peak in their prime regular season. That's Harlem Globetrotters. What we, they were doing. We've watched a lot of hockey games, but when have we ever seen somebody in front of the net by himself like we saw with the Matthews? The guy who just won the Rocket. And, and, and the Marner pass. The Marner pass. I've wa- so I've watched the highlight a lot of times, obviously. I don't want to divulge how many times I've watched it. But 
I was kind of watching that clip and being like, how the hell does Matthews get that wide open? But it's Marner's ability to draw these two guys in where they think there's absolutely no lane. He does this weird hand thing where he creates a lane, kind of wraps it around, and they have the best goal scorer, one of the best goal scorers in the world, in front of the net wide open. It's A lot of that had to do with Marner's ability to draw two guys in because he, you know, they had him covered, and then he just slithers a pass through there somehow, and it's in the back of the net two seconds later. It's the push and roll. That, that Marner move is like you have the puck in tight and you push it out and roll the wrists over and just totally change the angle. Uh, Matthews with a ton of time on that. And then the second one was just as good. A little spinning, sliding pass, just past Ranton and like leaving Matthews alone pass, again. No God. luck. Like they, they really are zipping. Mar- Marner it. looking at him at the replay, watching himself, just going, ooh. Ooh, that was good. And now if if you're Sheldon, who's going to join us momentarily, head coach of the Toronto Maple Leaf, Sheldon Keefe, you also look at uh Tavares and Nylander, and nothing broken there. Uh Tavares, do you know where he is in the league scoring right now? Sixth in the league in points. Isn't that crazy? It, it's, it's never been a problem with him producing points. Ever. Jeez. Oh, I just, you know, it's, it felt like a slow start, didn't it? If I recall, was there not a, a lack of production in the early going? And, man, he sure found his way back. That would be an understatement. And as I said, sixth in the league in points now. Third line, fourth line, no issues. A real comfort zone with Spezza, Simmons again. Uh, nobody's barking about... Nick Ritchie, and I don't care. I, and I've said to. this: he does not. If he does, if he doesn't score another goal this year, it's okay. Because I know when I've lined up against guys, and I know when they're as big and as strong and as heavy as Nick Ritchie, whether that guy scores or not, I may be in for a big night if I got to go up against him. And that. That is a constant, and it's not something that you can explain or see on TV, but there are guys that feel it. There are guys that would rather line up against somebody else besides Nick Ritchie. That's, I wish for Nick Ritchie's sake he made a million bucks. That's, that's, that's all. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no no question about that. That That's his ultimate play. Now, can he move up in the lineup, as we said on times, and fill a need or even play on the first line and not look completely out of place? Yes, of course, mm-hmm. but that's his comfort zone now. I, I, he, you, you, if you're Leafs now, the best you can hope out of Nick Ritchie is what Maroon has given St. Louis sure. and Tampa Bay the last few years winning Stanley Cups. Take that all day. You got any uh, Joey Anderson thoughts on his debut as a, well, I guess, the second game as a Leaf? Whether you're Joey Anderson or, or Wall, it's a good time to be riding coattails right now. Right. Just yeah, we're, let me get through you, the game while we're up a half You can't here. look bad right now. <laughs> There's not one guy that can look bad in this lineup. Maybe not as strong as others, but not bad. That's how good this team's going. So Anderson comes in. I don't think looks out of place. Uh, drew a penalty, I think. I thought he was on the right side of the puck. All like very conscious. A couple times, I, you know, should I, should I go in after the puck or pull out and... You know, saw him time and again kind of pull out, do the right thing, get to the defensive side of things, which makes him a really good fit, actually, for that camp line in Kasha's absence. Is someone just to play responsible minutes while you're waiting for Kasha to come back, who I assume will be back next game. But we are, you know, we're waiting on that one. So everything, JB, everything completely in tune. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to Sheldon here because he's uh, no way he agrees. There's no way he just goes, yeah, we got it, boys. We're dialed. The well, boys are flying. 
peaking too early for you? Uh, you know, the old, uh, it, you have to be a good team to peak at all. You know, if you're the, you know, Arizona Coyotes, you wouldn't be like, God, are we winning at the wrong time? Like, you know, winning's hard. Take Take what you can get. Take what you can get when you can get it. It's a tough division. You've you got to get those points. And I think Jason Spezza said it maybe about a week ago, is that you just you don't know about these things. You don't know. You have no no control other than your focus and your effort on, on when things can feel like you can't do anything wrong or you can't do anything right. Yeah, it's true. You know, speaking of guys doing things right, I thought bunting. You know, we talked about bunting and drawing penalties. He's been really, really good on that uh, top line. I thought he was he's really effective at not uh oh hold on now I'll I'll stop that thought because we uh we do have Sheldon. You gotta say you with us, Sheldon. How are you? I'm here, guys. Happy to be here, of course. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing okay. We're just uh you know, everybody woke up pretty happy right now. Um and I'm sure you are, but maybe you're the last guy that can admit it because I mean there's there's only one place to go right now with this with this record. And uh, and how hot you guys are. Uh, how do you, Sheldon, how do you keep going without making sure that the guys don't get full of themselves? Well, you know, I mean, we, it's, it's very apparent. We've, we've been going really well here. And the guys have, have earned the confidence uh, that they're playing with right now. And, uh, you know, the, the positivity surrounding our team, you know, that's been, that's been earned. And I think rightfully so. I think it's real with how the guys have, have performed, and, and and that's really great. But I think at the same time, I think we've been through it, even in this short season here. We've been through enough, you know, with how we started and to, with how it's going now to know, you know, we've already had the, the, the feelings of both, the, you know, the low and, and the high here. So we've we've got, you know, close to 60 games remaining here, whatever it is, and lots of hockey to be played. So, We've got really good perspective here, you know, within our within our team, uh, with both players and staff. Uh, so we're just going to continue to work, and it's a great off day for our guys today. And we'll get back to work tomorrow practice. I think we've just been very businesslike, and with how we've approached every day, we haven't gotten too high. That's allowed this to continue. You know, we, we know that there's going to be some tough times ahead here at some point. We're just going to try to hold it off as long as we can, and uh, you know, keep building our group. Sheldon, when we spent some time together in the minors, I remember we had a, a, a good team that was playing poorly and, you know, the results weren't there. And I remember you taking the, the positive results, the underlying results to the team and say, here's what we're doing well. We're not actually as, as bad as the stats right now. Uh, and I've seen you do that on, on the opposite side of things. You know, is there anything right now with this group that you're taking to the team and saying, yeah, we're winning some hockey games, but we're still not sure about this part of our game? Well, yeah, I mean, Morty, of course, I think that's, that's a big part of a coach's job, right? Is to recognize daily what it is the team needs. You know, and I think uh, last night's a pretty good example, right? We come off of a, a big eight-three win at a time when you know we're playing extremely well, and and uh, when you're playing extremely well like that, yeah, I think I'm I'm a little bit quicker to point out the fact that I think goaltending was a major factor in the game last night, and and positive on our end, and, and they had some troubles on their side starting with, you know, the adversity with uncertainty of their starting goaltender going into the game, and we capitalize on that, so it changes the game a bit. You know, but if you're, if you're not going so well as a team, well, then you probably just ignore that. You probably just point out the fact that, hey, guys, we got eight. It's a great night. Let's, let's, be, let's feel real good about it. But, you know, it's just about kind of keeping things in perspective. And so it's the same with our stats and how these are going and, 
you know, there was a time, you know, when we were, um, you know, we, we were not scoring goals, um, but generating a ton of chances. So we're highlighting that, the fact that we've got to continue to believe in what we're doing. But at the same time, you don't want to just sit there and just wait for your luck to turn. You've got to look for things that you can do a little bit differently that maybe will help change the luck for you. And then yet at the same time, you know, we, we thought we think there's times we're playing really good defensively, yet there's times when we crack and there's there's some mistakes inside of there that you want to continue to to build upon. And, and sometimes it's video that can really clearly paint that picture for you. Or sometimes, you know, the video's a little harder to get to, but the stats can really kind of give you a, a real, you know, um, quick look. It'll, oh, wow, that is something that we can do better. And, and, you know, where we sit in the league is not where we want to be with something like that. So, you know, the, the area that's, that I'm focused on a lot right now is our breakouts. Um, you know, we haven't spent much time in our end as a whole, but when we have, I think a lot of it has come off of our inability to exit our zone cleanly. So that's something that, you know, I think that you know, we've, you know, last night, again, any times we ran into some problems was, was to do with that. Um, so that's just something, you know, that we continue to, to talk about and discuss and try to utilize our practice time for it. Is that, Sheldon, exactly what you saw from 3 nothing to 3-2 last night? Yeah, I think part of that for sure. I mean, I mean the first, the, you know, the first goal is, you know, we gave up after a really good third period, or excuse me, first period, they're up 3 nothing. That was a, you know, a, a, a tough one, which really to me was, you know, not a whole lot more than just the fact that we stretched out our, our power play. You know, um, we had guys, I think, that felt that, the clock was on their side at the end of the period and therefore could stretch the power play a little bit and it ended up biting us, you know, and, and we discussed that in between periods about just, that's just a little bit of a peek into what the game can become when you, when you, when you start to just get away from it a little bit against a team like Colorado, you open the door just a little and it's in your net. And uh, it's the same kind of thing with our exits, you know, you give them second and third looks when you're trying to get out of your zone and, and they stay on top of the puck, then, then uh, they're going to find their way to their tier net. So yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that can can get away on you. You know, we knew going into the game against a team like Colorado, the puck was going to be of value, um, and we needed to take care of it and have it and try to keep them on, you know, and force them to defend on their half the ice. But yeah, we we we, we don't exit cleanly, and we kind of you know we give pucks away on our own half of the rink. It's chase the game a little bit, and the better competition you're facing, it's not much harder to get it back. Yeah, how has it been managing the guys who do that for you, the the decor? Obviously, you guys feel like you have seven guys that can be in the lineup on any given night. How has that uh, battle for ice time and games um, played out for you guys as a coaching staff? Well, you know what? It's been interesting. It really has been a daily discussion just in terms of what we want to do and what we think is right. And and uh, we one thing that I've really tried to – to, to try to do and, and make clear with our coaching staff and in particular Gene Chanel who runs our defense, you know, it's just that we don't want to be too locked into, you know, a, a, a straight up rotation where it's just literally going to be a ch- one change every day uh, or every game. It's going to be more so we're just going to read off of what we think the team needs, how we think the team's going, what's right for the individuals that are sort of in this rotation. Um, and then just sort of, you know, play it by ear on that, you know, and, and that's really what we've done. And we've been really upfront with the players that are involved in that. You know, Justin Hall sat for a long period and Travis Thurman's been in and out. Timothy Logan's been in and out. That's what Sandy inside a game. Uh, you know, we've, we've been honest and upfront with those guys. We, we believe in all of them. And I think just the fact that we've made changes and it hasn't 
really disrupted our results and our rhythm here. It shows that we can do that and that our team can adapt to it. And even on the forward side of things, I mean, we've, if we've lost Andre Kasher here, you know, the last little while, and he had been playing some really important minutes for us, yet our team has adjusted and kept rolling. And that's really positive sign. And I guess you could put on the same end with Joe Wall coming up, you know, and playing as the backup goaltender and getting some starts and us getting results. And those are really, really positive signs that the depth of our team we can utilize and that it doesn't rattle our group. I think that's really important. Sheldon, as good as uh, Jack Campbell's been, uh, the good news is you've got Peter Mrazek ready to come back as well. How important is it for you to get him back in there? And obviously, whatever schedule you thought that you might be looking at between the two of them in the first quarter of the season has not materialized. Is it maybe to the point now where you've got to get him involved a little bit more just to maybe catch up a little bit? Or uh, how, how do you plan on bringing Peter Mrazek back? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to take that really a day at a, at a time, uh, Nick, just say, Obviously, he's going to go over to the Marlies and and really work work his way back, uh, both physically and probably more importantly, mentally. Here, you know, the, the season's been up and running, and I think he's had about five periods or something like that here this season. Uh, so that's not nearly enough work. Um, so we need to get him get him up and running. And you know, we Joe Walls day to day here now with us, so we discuss about whether or not that would. That would adjust Peter's plan, but I think we've remained committed here uh, uh, to you know just doing what's right for Peter uh, to 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 take it slowly and build himself back up from a conditioning standpoint. As I say, that the mental hurdles that you got to go through to get your back yourself back up to speed and trust in your body and all of that. Um, but certainly, you know, we you know Jack has been outstanding for us and and. Of course, uh, a major reason why our team has been able to find success. But uh, we do have to manage his workload and, and look at the big picture and start to forecast about where we're at here and how this might how this might play out over the course of the season and whether when it's all said and done, whether we're going to be happy with you know how much we've had to rely on Jack. So uh, we want to be mindful of that. Of course, it becomes very difficult to do because he's in such a real rhythm here and he's played so well and for the first time, it's, he's been, you know, the number one goaltender and going pretty much every day. And uh, his body's been holding up well. His energy's been good. And he's, he's of course, played very well. So we're going to have to really look at that and manage it every day. But uh, we felt really good about having two goalies coming into this and we'd be able to manage all that workload well. And the circumstances have changed a little bit here, but I think ultimately we would like to settle back into that. So a big part of what you're doing is managing the workload for a lot of people and the usage of these guys. I'm looking at your your forward group, and I think back to earlier in the season, I heard you talk about 10-game sets for guys and getting Richie in a certain spot and getting him 10 games here and this look aligns. I know part of what you want to do, or at least suspect, is some experimentation and just see how guys work together. How much of that is an internal struggle with you when you see the way Marner and Matthews are going, Tavares and Willie clicking right now? You know, how much of you is like, okay, we should just ride this thing out versus wanting to get a look at some different combinations, knowing that come playoff times, you'll have, you'll have wanted to have different, uh, you know, different looks throughout the year. Yeah, Borny, I mean, it, it's something where, you know, in the early going of the season, coming through camp and preseason, you have some things in mind that you want to look at. Part of it is is to experiment and see how certain players mesh with, you know, guys who are returning to our team and our core people. And then, 
some of it is just you want to give guys that are new to your organization really good opportunities and you want to try to get them up and running and get them acclimated and uh, so some of that you're experimenting early, but then I do think you find yourself really kind of where we're at now in the season where you start to, you know, get some continuity with, with the chemistry of your group. And then I think, you know, as you, you know, sort of get through this next uh, 10 to 20 games or so, you start to get back into that situation where, you know, you start to look at, you know, some different opportunities and combinations and maybe trying some different things and, I think the reality is when you go into it as a coach, you, you think that you're going to be forced to do some of these things because of injuries that are inevitable. And that's going to you know, uh, naturally move your group around a little bit. Um, so some of that you're not necessarily planning for, but you, you, you just expect it's going to happen at some point and that's going to give you that ability. Um, but of course we, we are hoping we can stay healthy. And if that does remain the case where we, where we can stay predominantly healthy, then, you know, I, I do think we will uh, try some different things at different points, depending on where we're at and what's happening with the, the schedule and, and uh, with the team. Sheldon, we're going to let you go, get back in the uh, video room. Uh, just quickly, have you had a chance to break down the tape of Justin Bourne on this show at all and, uh, <laughs> and, and your overall thoughts on, uh, on his performance? <laughs> I, have not, uh, I, have, I have not taken in uh, the show here since you guys have uh, become a, a dynamic duo here. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Greatly offended. Know, Borny, Borny has done, uh, done an unbelievable job of, uh, of moving into, into, into media there. Yeah. He, he, was, uh, he was a great guy to work with, and, and uh, glad to see that he's doing very well. Uh, we appreciate yeah. having you on, Sheldon. You're welcome back anytime. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon Keefe, head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thanks for your time. Okay, guys. Be well. Keeper. All right, interesting. Peter Mrazek down to the Marlies. I would imagine that it would be at least, I don't know, two or three games a week, 10 days. The Joel Wool experience lives on, I guess. <laughs> but it is, first of all, they must be really nervous. Again, with a groin situation that didn't get cleared up the first time. Yeah. And I, I've... I've I've said this. It's just so imperative right now that this guy gets back and he gets back playing well. And it, you need options here. Jack Campbell's going to be a very difficult signing. And whether or not you want to wait till the offseason or not remains to be seen. We know the, the sense of urgency behind the scenes for Morgan Riley to get that deal done. How would Jack Campbell be any different? So trying to pick up sometimes you know stuff and you don't tell me it directly and I have to parse it out. Do you feel like that there would be contract negotiations going on right now for Campbell? Do you feel like they should trade for someone to back up Campbell, I, not trusting what's going on with Mrazic? No, 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 I don't think they, they can do that yet. No. I, I don't believe, I don't believe that there's any significant talk going on right now. Okay. I thought, I think they, they dipped the toe in the water on, on perhaps, uh, I bet they wish they put their whole foot in. Just well, to see they can get I, it done. I, I bet they wish they would have <laughs> gone in the summer and try to lock in a a one one a with something attractive. I wonder if they went and said, "Hey, Mar- we gave Mrazek three point eight. We'll give you four. Same ter- same term. I think it would have been play for the job. I think it would have been something that he would have seriously Not, considered. Yeah, the difference is fifteen. $20 million now because what you oh. thought maybe you could get away with on a three or four year deal, like four times four at 16 has now turned into 
24, 25 million on four years and, and possibly 27 and a half to 30 million for five years. <laughs> if, if he wins a round or two. Yeah. Oh, God, if he wins a round so, or two. Just to go back to Mrazic, it's interesting that, you know, we've talked about how, how, how this organization, you know, they love to build people up. You know, instead of breaking them down and, you know, the hardcore sort of coaching, they love to build them up. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they were expecting to have to do this with Peter Mrazic, you know? Five periods into his Leafs career. Now they're putting him down in the Marlies, and he, he mentioned it, like getting his head right and getting him down there, getting him in some games, you know? I don't think, like, you do this well with Galchenyuk. You do this with, you know, Clifford, I guess, with, you know, Josh Hosang, with these kind of guys that, you know, you think are these rehabilitation projects, guys that, you know, have upside. But not the guy you signed for three years for four mil per, you know? There's some collection of Leafs that never got off the runway here, like Mrazek, uh, David Clarkson never got off the runway here, Nick Foligno never got off the runway. Like, guys, before their careers even started, it's been like... And it is a, a position of strength here for, for the Leafs to be able to put him in the minors. And I don't know if it's to the point where Jack's going so well that you don't even want that that shadow near him. You just want him to keep going? Just keep going. It's interesting. And, and buy yourself time. So conditioning stint, right? Easy. Yeah. You know what's interesting to me is, uh, so Frank Saravalli, who we're hoping to have on here in the next week sometime, um, wrote an article about 15 trade targets. And one of the things he mentioned, uh, one of the names mentioned is Justin Hall. And I bring this up in relation to Mrazic because he says, when Mrazic comes back, they have to make room for his cap space to activate him. Clifford's a guy that you can get rid of, but that doesn't need get you all the money you need to activate Mrazic. So he mentioned Justin Hall as a name, but he says there's other ways, including waving Wayne Simmons or trading Nick Ritchie you know, since Lilligren has kind of become an everyday guy, like when Mrazik's ready, it's not as simple as just plug him back in here. Something's got to give. Maybe going to be a little longer conditioning stint. Well, I wonder if that's not related to it, Sam. Is, is there, that they don't they don't want to rush a decision here? Yeah, I mean, how, is there a rule for how long? Like, is there a like in the CBA? Just a three months. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, and then you have to bring him back. Mm. Well, or. Enjoy Rico put him on waivers. Weeks. <laughs> 100%. Or, or put him on waivers. Yeah, that's a good point because no one's going to claim. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Someone might claim him. Probably would, actually. Don't you think there's enough teams out there desperate I'll, I'll, for a goalie? You, uh, we saw one last night. <laughs> Call around, oh, snap did, him up. Would they not take a chance? I don't know. It's a big number. No, 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 not with that. Cap. No, no, no. I tell you what it does. I, I thought it no, 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 no. No, that, that, that uh, for Colorado. As tempting as it might be today, you can't go down that path no. on a on a guy with two years left at three point eight, no. and uh, a spaghetti for a groin. Mm. Yeah, Buffalo. Like I'm trying to think, you know, Ottawa. These teams need help. So, I look at last night, Colorado. That's a team. That absolutely has to do something about their goaltending. What'd you think of that team in general? I liked them. Yeah. I didn't mind them. <laughs> Come on. Makar? When he, yeah, when he's back there, absolutely back in. McKin- unbeatable. Mc- McKinnon coming back. Like, there, there's world class pieces there. Yeah. Something's not right with that team, by the way. There's just something. I don't know. There's just, I don't know whether. Hey, yeah, standing between the pipes. It's a, <laughs> even like there seems to be a, a disconnect even 
between the coach right now and the players. I don't know what it is, but there's just something off with this team. Yeah. Yeah, for me. You know what I liked? I really liked Bowen Byram. That guy was involved in everything. I mean, he took a couple of penalties, but, like, the way he moves out there. Oh, he's going to be great. Oh, he's a player. I think he's a real player. yeah, I think that whole decor in general with him and Gerard, Gerard so and, active. and and uh, they're just missing. Byram. Go ahead, sorry, I was just going to say they're just it's the goalie situation. Sorry, I no, no, you. I just that that dash that Makar had. I think it was in this early in the second period when they were kind of coming on there, where he just picked it up behind the net and he comes all the way up. And I don't know who the D man was in the least, but like he's turning. He's like, oh yeah. boy, it's like the he's got that elite snap speed. Where Colby Armstrong says he's basically McKinnon, but on D. He Just really another, is. another, like, power horse that goes like that. And I am very much looking forward to it, if they go, to watching him play red and on the, on so, the red and white team oh, here. Yeah. Kemper is another guy that had a reputation like Peter Mrazek where... Can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. And then... Tough position to stay healthy at, eh? Just get cold, stretch he, your groin. So I think Colorado's going to have to put themselves in a position of January, February... And if you need, then you're going to look to a Jonathan Quick. We'll see where L.A. is at that point. And Marc-Andre Fleury. Just that, that, that say, would be two targets right there. We're going to try to win there. a cup with this team. Lots of, te- lots of guys would want to go there. What's Quick having his deal left? Didn't he sign a 100-year I think deal? He's got, no, I think he's got one more year, if I'm not mistaken. Take a look on, on Cap Friendly. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's got one more year he has one more year. Yeah, 5.8. Yeah, they need something. So you're going to... F- so you retain half that, and then you're halfway through the year, and now it's 1.2 yes. or something by the time you take and you a can, corner you're, of it. You're, uh, at that point, you would have given up on Kemper, so they'll take Kemper back. Just a full give up on Kemper. I mean, he's still... Kemper's done. He's, I, isn't he not the best goal in Canada, <laughs> in theory? Isn't he supposed to be? Darcy Kemper's, I think... Uh, on an uh, expiring contract yes. in Colorado. So yep. you, you lose that money, you bring somebody else in, and if, depending on a, a, a draft pick and a prospect, sh- Chicago would give up Flurry, and he'd love to have a crack with Nathan McKinnon, I guess, to try to win a Stanley Cup. That, to me, makes more sense mm-hmm. than taking a flyer on Mrazic at 3.8. No, that does, for sure. Hey, you know what else stood out to me last night was uh, Bednar's comments after the game. He goes, uh, you know what? We chased the game all night because we sucked on face-offs. And maybe that wasn't his exact verbiage, but it was... I was going to say, that's, that was pointed. <laughs> yeah. Austin no. Matthews was a horse again on the face-off draws. The Leafs are first place in the NHL, NHL in face-off percentage. Like, John Tavares has gotten really good there. Uh, Matthews is absolutely fantastic. But they win the bulk of their draws, and that's why they control the run of the play. That's a huge reason they're such a good possession team. They have the puck all the time. So, and you got a goalie that will give you that face-off when you need it. That's true. They, they get, he freezes the puck a lot, and they, they win almost 56% of their face-offs. face-offs. Well, you're, you're familiar with the, the advanced stats community, quite familiar with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a perception that you know face-offs aren't nearly as important as a, a lot of guys sort of talk about them. It, like... Is that true? Like no. in terms of the, but how, how that, that's that a perception. No. But it's a perception. It, I would say the perception, the analytics community thinks that offensive zone faceoffs, like won or lost, don't actually result. We remember the times it results in a goal. How many mm-hmm. times a year is that? I don't know. Four, but, five. You know, like it's not as often as you think about. Um, but yeah, no, I think they've come around that it, that it is a bigger driver of possession than they used to think but ten years ago. But it's you just it's, always it's, have the puck. It's the wear and tear it puts on you. 
getting it back, blocking the shots, being in the yeah. way, you're in the D zone, 100% it is. And yeah. it it wears on you. Yeah, basically it makes a big difference in the first like 10 seconds after you're a draw. Chasing. And after that, it's not a huge you're, deal. You're but. chasing for the next 10 seconds. Yeah. No, it, and for pen, on shorthanded, it's huge. You win draws in your own end, get it down the rink, there's 30 seconds or 20 seconds anyway. You just have three guys down the middle right now that just win every draw. Camp, Matthews, and Tavares are just... And, and Spez is a, a strong side specialist, isn't so, he? So, I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. It's a but. huge advantage in, like, I mean, you guys have played extremely high-level hockey, but, like, anyone who's ever played in a hockey game at any level, you know, if you have a centerman that's winning every draw, it's a great feeling. Well, how about losing every draw, and you're like, oh, oh my God, it's horrible. As a winger, you're like, you're ready yeah. to jump well, and Well, I mean, I'm not it. moving around anyway as a winger. <laughs> but, no, like, in general, it's just, it's, you know, it's a really nice thing to have somebody just winning every draw, and they do win every draw. Philip Deneau at $5.5 million. Make a pretty good living. Yeah, do it If okay. you're really good at it. And not necessarily known for putting the puck in the net, just right. winning draws. Yeah, so Tavares is at 58% this year. Camp is 57.4. Those are um, great Matthews numbers. Matthews is 56.6. And Spez is 53.5. So they're just cleaning gr- gr- them. Great numbers. Yeah. yeah. And the only guy who's bad is they, Kerfoot. They, he's, he's they don't spend a lot of time in their own zone because of it. Yeah, it was, you know, their coach identified it as one of the reasons they chased the game last night. So... So Win some faceoffs and switch the goal. And it's amazing how much better your defense can look. That's a good point, with too. With that. Yeah. Well, I just wanted that's exactly where I was going to go, is that, you know, I mentioned it a couple, maybe a week after Morgan Riley signed that big d- ticket. But I don't know. I, right now, I guess everybody looks so great, so it's hard to really, like, parse out who's looking better. But I just feel like he's playing the best hockey he's ever played. Maybe except for on Riley the power play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, except on the power play where he just makes takes one two, second too long to make a decision. Yeah. Still, he's great at keeping the puck in at the blue line. He's elite at that. But yeah. I just think he's looked so great and so comfortable since signing that contract, and it's continued. If you'd like an advanced stat or two, TJ Brody was the analytics darling last night. He was on for eight or nine chances, four, only one against. Like, everything he did was He seems to be worked. jumping a bit more, too. Yeah, so. apparently. You know, did. it's also... Uh, what really stands out for me as well with the Toronto Maple Leafs now is even when they give up high-quality chances in certain areas, pucks actually don't make it to the net. They actually block some shots. There's so many that just don't get there. And when they do, Jack either makes the save or, or freezes it for a face-off. But there are often times when there are quality chances. And last night, Colorado had them, mm-hmm. but the puck just never, yeah. never gets there. And it's, you know, to Sheldon's uh, credit, they are on the right side. Yeah. And Simmer was talking about that on the broadcast last night, too, with the one play where Tavares, you know, Tavares below the below the hash marks. On Nathan like McKinnon. Just boxing him out and then just chipping it out. Like, it's the, the quality chances aren't nearly as high as they have been in years past. So they seem to be buying into our boy Keith there who just talked to us. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be buying in. And the biggest beef I... Keith. Koski. We, big- we should have told him that. We forgot to tell him that. <laughs> the biggest beef I had at the start of the season was uh, a horrible third man high. That's right. Odd man rushes. And they've really cleaned that up. It is noticeably different for sure. Mm-hmm. It feels weird being this positive about a team, and I keep trying to check myself. Like, are we being fanboys here? But, like, if you can't be like this after well, they've won five straight well, by three-plus goals, well, what can we who, say? Who wants to come on come on the radio and be like, ah, oh, you know, that camp had a dog But it's night. like <laughs> analysis. Like, I'm trying to look for something. But, like, yeah. I mean, it's all – we will Let's, be sitting here in a month, and it'll be different, I'm sure. But, wow. Well, like, no, we got to remember all the good things we said at, for November and early December if they get knocked out in the first round. 
Oh. <laughs> there, there is going to be so much pressure on that first look at the look Here's on what Sammy's I want to know. Yes. I want to know, Dan Tillman, are you listening? To, do we have to do a show if the Leafs get knocked out in the first round? I will round? not be. If they lose in game seven to somebody, <laughs> I will, talk all I'm, playoffs? I'm just proactively booking that day off oh, ahead oh. of time. Yeah. You know, all kidding aside, you don't, you, this is where the Leafs got to be really careful here because, you know. Oh, you start believing, feeling you your, just, own, your well, own. You just. You don't want to be looking back at the season and saying they can never take away the month of November, too. <laughs> it's like no one, no one will care. No, no one will care. Nobody. Nobody. Especially uh, Jimmy Ralph. 15 to 17, though, boys. It's a pretty Jeez. crazy run. It is. It's a great run. And uh, we've certainly done our part of, uh, of honoring it. Yeah. There it is. We did applause. We'll see if Jimmy Ralph feels the same way. He's he's lived uh, through a lot as well. We'll get his thoughts on on how great that month of November really was for him, who's seen a few low points <laughs> over sure. his yeah. broadcasting career. Jimmy Ralph, after the break, you're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne.